0: Joining us on Blue Bay Insights is emerging markets senior shopping strategist, Graham Stock. Welcome, Graham. Hello, Alex. Graham, you've been looking at the data relating to the spread of COVID-19. What are you seeing? Well, following its identification late last year in Wuhan China, COVID-19 spread rapidly from Asia to much of the rest of the planet, of course, initially carried by travellers, but now via community transmission in many places, with Europe currently identified by the WHO as the main hub. The number of cases in the U.S. is also rising rapidly. We believe that the relatively low number of cases reported in emerging and frontier markets is likely due to the absence of testing in weak health systems and limited air links with China. The data is therefore cause for concern rather than for complacency at the moment. Like China in January, the worst affected European countries have been adopting lockdowns and travel restrictions. These tactics are spreading in the wake of the virus as governments try to flatten and postpone the peak in the hope of reaching sufficient capacity in stretched health systems to protect the vulnerable. Pressure for similar measures was built quickly in countries with sizable middle classes and cultural or economic links with the likes of Italy and Spain, including in Central Europe and in Latin America, as well more recently as in the United States. Policymakers and market participants have struggled to keep pace with the spread of both the virus and the economic consequences. Few thought that Western democracies would be able to implement sweeping travel restrictions in the way that China did, let alone feel the need to do that. Now, however, we need to consider the Chinese experience as a template for the trajectory of economic activity around the world, with additional uncertainties from feedback loops and wildcards, such as the further crash in oil prices caused by the failure of South Russia and Saudi Arabia to agree supply cuts a couple of weeks ago. What do you think is the likely next step? Well, the path trodden so far by China, Italy and others seems a likely template for the rest of the world. We see little alternative to widespread restrictions on travel not just across borders, but also to places of work. Epidemiologists suggest that 50% or more of the population will catch the virus, albeit most will only have small symptoms, mild symptoms. Efforts will therefore focus on protecting the elderly and other vulnerable groups. Social distancing and quarantine will require the closure of most workplaces, including schools and universities, for at least a month and probably much longer. For a while now in China, we've been scrutinizing a range of coincidence data points to assess activity there. We could see, for example, that the forced extension of the New Year holiday has stopped workers from returning to factories because transport statistics and pollution indices stayed flat even after the holiday finished. Now we're starting to get the hard data. We can see that industrial production fell almost 15% year-on-year across January and February combined. Retail sales fell 20%. Fixed asset investment fell 25%. Taking into account the New Year holiday only started on January the 24th, and activity still hasn't normalised as we approach late March, it's clear that Chinese GDP will have fallen dramatically in the first quarter, probably by around 15%. The period from March to May, and possibly even longer, will be similar contractions across the rest of the world, starting with Western Europe. The WHO are trying to raise the alarm on the rapid spread of the virus, while saying that all countries can still change the course of this pandemic. What are policymakers doing in response to this call to action? Well, policymakers will continue to try to address the public health challenges and mitigate the twin supply and demand shocks caused by the virus and the extraordinary containment efforts. On the public health side, we've seen restrictions on travel, uh, quarantines, uh, testing, which have been up and down in the of places. But the response on the on the monetary policy and fiscal side has included aggressive monetary using where possible in developed markets to counter the tightening of financial conditions that occurred and some consideration of fiscal stimulus as well. Many emerging markets, though, have got limited room to follow suit and instead have to absorb the growth hit while letting their currencies adjust and hoping that the global stimulus will tide them through until the virus subsides. Countries with vulnerable debt dynamics or balance of payments positions will be hit hardest as the flight to quality pulls capital out of emerging markets, particularly those commodity producers most exposed to weaker global growth and the lower oil price. To try to lean against the private sector move, though, multilateral agencies such as the IMF the World Bank and Regional Development Bank will deploy emergency support for healthcare and some balance of payment support. The IMF, for example, has announced an additional $50 billion lending line for health systems um, to help boost the response to the virus. And I think we'll see other lending packages increased as well, particularly for the more vulnerable frontier uh, and uh, emerging market countries. And finally, turning to the markets, how have they reacted? The hard currency emerging market bond index and the local currency GBIEM, which are the indices that we benchmark our portfolios against in our real money portfolios, have both sold off between 15 and 20% since the start of the year, with that sell-off of the occurring, mostly since the beginning of March, with other risk assets such as equities. The fixed income indices clearly have sold off by less than the equity market, but the moves have been exacerbated by poor liquidity as market participants are pushed into telecommuting or working from backup facilities. We expect continued volatility as the market struggles to price the opposing blunt forces of the virus-driven slowdown and the policy responses from monetary and fiscal authorities. The continued weakness of asset prices in the immediate aftermath of dramatic Fed action last week and the ECB move overnight is a case in point. The pattern in China suggests that asset prices can only stabilize once there's clear evidence that the economic impact is waning. At the global level, that still seems weeks, maybe even months away. In the meantime, though, there are increasing opportunities emerging for those investors who can identify the winners and losers from these various cross currents. And that's what Blue Bay will continue to be focusing on over the coming days and weeks.
1: Thanks for joining us today, Graham, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Alex. This podcast is issued in the United Kingdom by Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which is authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, registered with the US Securities and Exchange Commission, and the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission and is a member of the National Futures Association. This podcast may also be issued in the United States by Blue Bay Asset Management, LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Unless otherwise stated, all data has been sourced by Blue Bay. To the best of Blue Bay's knowledge and belief, this podcast is true and accurate at the date hereof. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. This podcast is intended for professional clients and eligible counterparties as defined by the FCA only and should not be relied upon by any other category of customer. Except where agreed explicitly in writing, Blue Bay does not provide investment or other advice and nothing in this podcast constitutes any advice nor should be interpreted as such. No Blue Bay fund will be offered except pursuant and subject to the offering memorandum and subscription materials. The offering materials if there is an inconsistency between this podcast and the offering materials for the blue bay fund the provisions in the offering materials shall prevail You should read the offering materials carefully before investing in any Blue Bay fund. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction and is for information purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay Asset Management LLP. Copyright 2020 Blue Bay. The investment manager, advisor and global distributor of the Blue Bay Funds is a wholly owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada and the Blue Bay Funds may be considered to be related and or connected issuers to Royal Bank of Canada and its other affiliates. Registered Trademark of Royal Bank of Canada RBC Global Asset Management is a trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP, registered office, 77 Grosvenor Street, London, W1K3JR, partnership registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of membership of the Blue Bay group and further important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com. All rights reserved.